Shalom Havarim, this is uh, Rabbi Jacob from Congregation Beth Adonai and I'm glad that uh, we are into uh, the month of Iyar. month of Iyar is very interesting uh, and uh, you know, last year around this time it was really cool that uh, you know we were talking about the springtime and this and that, it, it was great. And it's still great, but uh, we are in a different situation. But let me just go to the to the meaning of this month. It's very interesting uh, in in perspective of the times we are into now. So, Iyar is the second month of the biblical calendar. Every month of the biblical calendar highlights interesting events and unfolds unique stories of the Jewish people. Not only all the Jewish people, but all the believers in our Jewish Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach. In uh, ER in the civil calendar is the eighth month, if you count, it depends on how you count it. And that starts in the first of Tishrei, when it starts in the first of Tishrei, but it's the second month of the ecclesiastical year. It's called ecclesiastical year, or the biblical year, I would say. And that starts on first on Nisan of the Hebrew calendar. The name is Babylonian in origin, as all the other months. It is a spring month of 29 days. Iyar usually falls on April or, or and June of the Gregorian secular calendar. In the Hebrew Bible, before the Babylonian, Babylonian exile, the month is called Zib. And that's in uh, 1 Kings 6.1 and 6.37. Zib is a Hebrew name which means light or love. That's why the month is also the month of splendor according to the traditional rabbinic explanations. Which is, I believe, very interesting as well. So, let's move on to the calendar. Again, this is the perspective. The month of Iyar is the second of the 12th month of the biblical calendar. Usually is on May. We are on May still almost. I mean, almost. We Actually, this year is on April. We are still on April, um, if I'm not mistaken. You know, with this uh, lockdown, you tend to, <laughs> to forget where you are in. Uh, but anyways, we are, today is the 24th of April, so we're still not in May. Usually it's on May. So we're going to have this year, it's going to have parts of April and May, which is very interesting. Um, it is the month that connects Passover, which occurred in the previous month of Nisan, to Pentecost, or... Shavuot, which is observed in the coming month of Sivan, Iyar is the brightest month of the year. It is also referred to as the month of radiance or the month of budding because of the splendor of the, the sun. On the first day of Iyar, following their exodus from Egypt, the thirsty Israelites reach a well of bitter water. Moses cast a tree into the water and miraculously became sweet. God then promised that if Israel followed his ways, the diseases that have placed on Egypt, I will not place upon you, for I am the Lord, your healer. The word ER in Hebrew is an acronym of the phrase Ani Hashem Rofecha, which means I am God, your healer. So during this season that we are facing in the planet, we need to remember this verse, which it comes, you know, along with the, our environment, where a plague is, you know, destroying a lot of lives in uh, the planet. Uh, not as many as other diseases, but still any disease 
will destroy lives. Uh, and so we as believers need to remember this promise that God made to the Israelites then as well. In addition, the manna, the bread from heaven, which fed the Israelites for 40 years while traveling in the desert, began to fall from heaven during the month of the year. This manna was supposed to have healing qualities as well, which is kind of very interesting. Eeyore is a special month in the biblical calendar because it is a time when we can appeal to God to heal us. So that should be our prayer, but not just our physical bodies, but we should pray for healing of our spiritual lives and the lives of our families, our friends and our neighbors, and then our counties, our state of Georgia, and also the United States of America and extended to all the world. That's what we need to pray for the whole world because God is doing something different during this year of 2020, 2020. And uh, no matter how busy stars, God allowed it. He allows this thing to happen. And so we need to, to just approach whatever the situation is to pray. As I've been hearing a lot of people during the last, I don't know, many years already, that there's no prayer in the schools. Well, now you have the schools in your homes. You should start the school with your children with prayers and that will teach them that will teach your children to pray when if we come back to schools soon and we hope that uh, your children will pray in the schools so it doesn't matter what the school says but they will pray before classes start anyways so because there is so much pain and suffering in our world we must turn to our Heavenly Father in faith and believe him to heal and refine ourselves and others. So what time is it? I, I, I always like to know what time is it? The time is something very interesting to know. How do we define time? How will you draw time? Usually people think about time in linear time. It should be spiral, like in a spiral kind of situation the the biblical calendar works in circles whatever happened in the past is happening in the present and it might be happening in the future we don't know but time does time even exist we don't know is really time exists who made time when you were born did you know about timing where do you were born and when you were born uh what time it was and when and so I, you know, and, and, and where. When are we, you know, when are we going to die? We don't know when we're going to die. So let's try to define time. I, I got different definitions of time in here and kind of my mind was blowing up because we really don't know what time, what time is it and what is time and time is defined uh, uh, in different ways. There's not a simple definition of time. Time is something we deal with every day and something that everyone thinks they understand. However, a compact and robust definition of time has proved to be remarkably uh, tricky and elusive. Let me tell you some short definitions. Among the many short, snappy definitions of time that have been put forward are for clocks measure. That's one definition. That's according to physicists like Albert Einstein, Donald Levy, and others. Another definition is what prevents everything from happening at once. That's according to the physicists John Wheeler and others. Another, another definition of time is a linear continuum of inst instants. 
according to the philosopher Adolf Grobon, if, if I'm saying his name right. Another definition is a certain period during which something is done. That's the medical dictionary. Uh, the Encyclopedia Britannica says a continuum that lacks special dimensions. Although each of these definitions is fine as far as it goes, none of them feel wholly sat satisfactory, at least to me. I mean, it's, it's a different, because in my finite mind, we really don't know what time, what is time, and what time is it in reality. We really don't know. There are many other definitions from different dictionaries. The indefinite continued progress of existence and events in the past, present and future regarded as a whole. That's the Oxford Dictionary. The measure or measurable period during which an action process, let me say that again. The measure or measurable period during which an action, process or condition exists or continues. That's according to the Webster's Dictionary. The World English Dictionary says is the continuous passage of existence in which events pass from state of potentially in the future through the present to a state of finally in the past or finality in the past. Another definition of the science dictionary says a continuous measurable quantity in which events occur in the sequence proceeding from the past through the present to the future. And I can go on and on and on with different definitions and, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of confusing to me. What is past, present and future and so on. How how God defi def defines time? How God defines time? And how do we count time? Well, the Hebrew calendar based on the Torah and further developed by the sages is our tool for weaving together all of these levels of time. Of time. When deeply understood and activated, the rhythms and cycles of Jewish life synchronized with the calendar, connect us to nature and the seasons, history and redemption, and to eternity where all is infinitely one. This is the prophesied quality of time we will all experience in the Messianic era referred to as Yom Shekulah Shabbat, a day that is completely Shabbat. Can you imagine that? That would be awesome. So, you know, in my, in my studies, I found different, different kind of studies, and uh, I love how uh, Rob Dolbert Pinson puts uh, a cyclical kind of studies on this uh, and, and to me it's like this ladder the spiral natures of time is very interesting the way uh, Rob Pinson put this together in his book that's the name of the book uh, the cyclical linear and the spiral natures of time which I highly recommend each year we experience a linear progression of a spring summer fall and winter with all of their attendant physical and spiritual ramifications revealing themselves one after the next. At the same time, we also experience the cyclical nature of the year, the seasonal coordinates and, and phenomenal displays of nature repeat year after year and may appear indistinguishable as if we are living through the same patterns over and over again. As ancient men observed cyclical patterns proliferating throughout creation, sprouting, blossoming, bearing fruit, wilting, and lying dormant, and returning again to life, 
he more often than not concluded that time operates in an infinitely recurring rhythm. The ancient thinkers referred to this phenomenon as the eternal return. What occurred in the past will inevitable occur again and again for all eternity. If one wanted to know what will happen in the future, one merely needed to look at the past. Life was thus viewed as an endless circle. Many ancient peoples believed that our universe emerged into existence as an infant in maturing will die and at some time a new universe will be born. Various civilizations offered their timetable for the lifespan of each recurring universe. Some call this cosmological lifespan the great year. Despite their different opinions on the length of this great year, what great year, all agree that each universe ends and is followed by another, which not with no real choice but to play out the same basic script. Echoing these ideas, let me say that again. Echoing these ideas, some modern historians have posited theories of ever-repeating events, persons, or, or eras. From this perspective, history has already been written, and it doesn't end well. The Torah introduced a new way of observing and continuing time to the ancient world one that is linear and progressive, rather than cyclical and repetitive. In this view, time began at creation, and we are steadily progressing in a continuous quest toward complete redemption. Some ancient Kabbalists, uh, let me say that again, some ancient Kabbalistic texts do speak about recurring universe universes which are called Shemitot, 7,000 year cycles. Yet, according to all Torah sources, time is a creation and so by definition, time itself began at a certain point, according to Rambam and also Radak and Sforno and the Gra in Bereshit Moon 1. This new way of seeing time allowed and allows humankind to think of our future. Awareness of this new horizon empowers us to create a better tomorrow for ourselves and for the world. So, the universe is progressively evolving, not stagnating or regressing to a more primitive order. Nonetheless, even as all matter is evolving, we still have free choice. We can respond spiritually to the material, technological, and social progress happening all around us and become more and more refined. Or we can choose to evolve only superficially, perhaps living longer and increasing in material wealth and quality of information. But stagnating spiritually. Sadly, the past century has shown us that advanced technology can be used to destroy more lives than ever before thought possible. And rationality and sophisticated knowledge can breed prejudices, prejudices of the darkest kind. In any journey, there may be setbacks. This is natural. The challenge for us, as this stage of history, is to avoid becoming dispirited or pessimistic. We must instead take our tremendous propensity in, and craving for progress in physical as well as intellectual pursuits and channel this inclination towards spiritual pursuits as well. Um, in all creation, only humans 
only human beings are able to progress or regress spiritually. Everything else is designed to be spiritually stationary. When plants, animals, angels, minerals, molecules, or elements are created, their mother functioning is pre-programmed, so to speak, and they not change qualit qualitatively throughout the duration of their individual existence. Most things and beings are therefore basically predictable. We, on the other hand, <clears throat> have the amazing ability to become whatever we desire. There is not limit to the levels of self-elevation or self-degradation we can attain. Yesterday's, yesterday's behavior is by no means an absolute indicator of how we will behave today. Self-transformation remains forever a real possibility. The best way to describe this simultaneous coexistence of linear and circular paradigms or expressing our calendar is that time flows as spiral, turning around and around again, yet simultaneously progressing forward and upward. In Hebrew, time is called Zman. The word Zman is also related to the word Azmana, which means to prepare or invite, Sanhedrin 47b. We can view time as either moving away from the past or toward the future. In truth, Zaman suggests both. Zaman flows from the inevitable of the past, but it's also pulled from the possibility of the future. It is both moving out of the beginning of creation and at the same time moving into status of redemption. How can we ourselves escape a stagnant circling life, engage in forward motion and spiral upwards into greater spiritual illumination? The cycles of time contain myriad points of light in ourselves to internalize and activate them. By understanding different spiritual influences throughout the year and by gaining access to the corresponding tools, we can garner support and generate the momentum necessary to put the stagnation behind us and begin to spiral upwards. Enough about time. Let's move on and let's understand the, the three spring months the meaning of each one of these months. It's, it's just amazing the way, you know, we have this three month, this three spring months linked together. All these months linked together. And how do they link together? Well, the month of ER is between the self-expression and, and, and soul development. ER marks the beginning of the second month of spring. In the previous month of Nissan, we officially move out of our winter hibernation, so to speak. This seasonal and spiritual transition is celebrated on Pesach, or Passover, and, it, and is symbolized by the exodus from Egypt. Following this miraculous birth into freedom and vitality, we now begin the, the, the um, we now begin to feel more self-assured and expressive in ER. Due to the warming weather, we are more relaxed and comfortable being outside. Freedom is in the air, not just as the, as the budding potential, but as the blossoming reality. We are naturally pulled in numerous exciting directions, whether towards new adventures, opportunities, or relationships. And this is precisely where the inner work of the month comes into play. Therefore, during this time in the year, we must work to balance our newly emergent energy and excitement with the conscious commitment to self-refinement and right relationship. This is achieved through a daily practice known as Sefirat HaOmer, the counting of the Omer. Nisan is the first month in the cycle of months, 
is associated with Abraham and the attribute of chesed, kindness and openness. Iyar is connected with the Yitzhak, Isaac, and the attribute of Gevura, strength and restriction. The subsequent month, Sivan, is associated with Yaakov, Jacob, and the attribute of Tefiret, balanced compassion. After our spiritual birth, as it were, during the Exodus from Egypt, commemorated during Pesach, followed by our infancy in the latter part of Nisan, comes the month of Iyar, in which we begin to grow up and start to express our individuality. Iyar, thus, represents our childhood and adolescence following the birth and infancy uh, of Nisan. Let's talk about something that uh, you probably don't remember. I spoke about this last year. The 12 influences of each month. Each month is kind of like every season and every month in the cycle of the year has its own distinct character. Each Chodesh month has a special Chidush newness a very specific energy and this experimental quality that is different than both the preceding and following months. Let's talk about some of these characteristics though. Um, so the 12 dimensions of the month, the 12 dimensions of the month are very interesting, very interesting as well. Let me see if I can move on to that. Um, the 12th are right here. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to look all of them. I'm just going to mention a few, a few of them, and uh, I'm going to stick into the parishiot of this uh, year, which are very interesting, and they have to do with purities, and purities are what we need now, you know, kind of, we need to wash your hands and not to touch your face and so on. Uh, the deeper teachings of the Torah deal with many cycles of time, from millennial to minutes. For the purpose of this class, I'm just going to be focused on a few. Similarly, there are many, many forces, influences, and lights that, that coverage to create the overall energetic quality of each month. But again, for the purposes of this class, we will explore a set of 12 tools and overarching uh, points of light, information, vibranting within each of the 12 months of the year. These 12 points are made up of the letter formation of the divine name you have out here, corresponding to each month, and the meaning of this formation, the Torah verse connected with each month. The Hebrew letter connected to, with each month. The meaning of the name of each month. The sense associated with each month. The mazalot of each month. The tribe of Israel connected to each month. Um, the body part associated with each month. The element connected with each month. Either fire, wind, water, and earth. Guess which one is of this month. We'll see it. Uh, the Torah portion read that it, it reads during each month, the seasonal qualities characterizing each month, and the holidays and traditional spiritual practices set within each month. And so we're just going to move on to see the 12 dimensions in Iyar. Uh, let's look at them really quickly. As mentioned, Iyar is the month of Geburah means strength and power, but not only for outward movement and manifestation. This Geburah can also give us strength for awareness, introspection, and self-evaluation. And as we are in our homes more often, so we need to uh, prepare ourselves to, to do that more in a more deep way. When we go through ER with proper kavanah, with the really intention and awareness, we will then mature into adulthood as well adjusted, emotional, stable, 
and mindful individuals ready to receive the Torah during the next month of Nisan. This is the overarching theme of Iyar. So the letter formation, in this case, this month is Yud Hei Hei Vav. In these four letters. I'm not going to stick to explain this too much. Uh, I'm just going to move to the next, uh, the Torah verse. This is our more more simple, more simple explanation. The Torah or the Tanakh verse in this case is Jeremiah 9.23. Let he that glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me. Understand. Very interesting understanding is a, a very interesting word, which is Binah. Uh, Binah, Chokhmah is wisdom, but Binah is understanding. And another word we're going to see eventually is Da'at, which means knowledge. We're going to talk about that eventually. But this verse focuses on Chasaga, a type of intellectual awareness, and Binah, understanding which is very interesting. We need to understand the times and cycles. And we as believers in Messiah are more interesting, we should be more interesting on this. Uh, this period between Pesach and Shavuot is called Sefirat HaOmer, counting the Omer offerings. Sefirat HaOmer stretches over three separate months. It begins in the second day of Pesach in the middle of Nisan, extends throughout the whole month of Iyar and concludes on the day before Shavuot in the beginning of Sivan. Iyar is thus the only month which is completely dedicated to and therefore defines by the counting of the Omer. Iyar is therefore understood as the, as the time of rebuilding and refining the foundations of of our bina, of our understanding. Then the letter Vav is the one that corresponds to this month, uh, the Hebrew letter Vav. The letter of the month of Iyar is Vav, is a symbol of connection and continuity, according to Pesachim 5a, if you want to see the reference. As the letter Vav can mean and, what and, when added to the, the beginning of a word, also as a word in itself, Vav means a hook, a connector, or unifier. Yar, as the second month, is a connecting month, creating the connection and continuity between Nisan and Sivan. Nisan is the month of redemption, and on the first day of Sivan, begins the process of the giving of the Torah. Thus, Iyar connects redemption with revelation. That's awesome. Now, the meaning of the name of Iyar is bright. Before the Babylonian exile, Iyar was called Ziv, rays or brightness, because the sun's brightness intensifies significantly during this month. Ziv is also the name the Torah itself uses for this month. Brightness refers to the beginning of a spring and thus Nisan, the first month of the spring, is also called Ziv. The sense associated with this month, Hirhor, is uh, the subtle thought, so thoughts. According to the Geonim version of the Sefer Yetzirah, the month of Nisan is connected with the sense of sight, while the month of Iyar is connected with the sense of hearing. Sight is a unified or, stim or simultaneous power. It is virtually timeless or miraculous, miraculous as it were, allowing us to view an entire picture in a single moment. The sense of hearing is linear or gradual, requiring us to absorb information one unit at a time. The mazal of this month is the bull, which kind of makes sense, you know, from lamb to bull. Our sages draw a parallel between an infant and the 
in the sign of Tanle, uh, the lamb, and that's the sign for Nissan. A tender and meek infant grows a little older and becomes stronger like a, a jor, which is a, uh, a young bull. That's the sign of Eeyore. The child and later as adolescent begins to strongly express their individuality, but this assertiveness can turn, if not checked, into a kind of arrogance and aggression. Therefore, we need to ensure that our new assertiveness coming out of winter dormancy does not manifest as the expense of others. We do need to affirm ourselves and become individuals in a way that is healthy and respectful of ourselves as well as others. The tribe of the month, Yisakar. Oh wow, Yisakar is something very interesting. Yisakar is mentioned throughout the whole Bible. It's one of the tribes, but I love Yisakar. Yisakar is. Um, Let's move into First Chronicles twelve thirty three in the Jewish Bibles and uh, in the Christian Bibles probably is twelve thirty two. I don't know why is the difference. Don't ask me why. But anyways, the verse says, "From the sons of Issachar, men who know how to interpret the signs of times to determine what Israel should do, two hundred chiefs." which all their kinsmen under their command. Uh, this version is probably not too accurate. This is the TLB. Let's look into other versions of the Bible. Um, I'm referring to the NIV. And again, this is in verse 32. The difference is the way they put this together. From Issachar, men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do, 200 sheaves, with all the relatives under their command. I am trying to find a version that is more, uh, kind of more accurate. Let me, let me look into the JPS, and it says, 33, of the Issacharites, men who knew how to interpret the signs of times. This is cool. To determine how Israel should act, the chiefs were 200, and all their kinsmen followed them. Now, in Hebrew, let me try to read it in Hebrew. This is the Hebrew. Umir B'nai Issachar. Yodeh Bina, there's the word Bina. Uh, Laitim is the times. This is not the times, uh, this is not Moed or Kronos, which is in Greek, but Moed is the, uh, it means times in, uh, in, in, uh, in Hebrew. But this is not referring to the Moed, this is referring to eight. So it says Laitim. And then it says, la, da'at, to know. This, that's the other word, da'at. And then it says, ma um, ya'ase, Yisrael, ra'sechem, ma'dayim, ve'chal achichim al pichem. So in other words, it used to, what it's saying here is, the sons of Issachar that have bina, they have the understanding. They they knew how to understand eight times, which is like eighteen times. These times are like cycles, not necessarily the Moed, but like cycles. And so the cycles they understand. And what kind of cycles? We're gonna look into Ecclesiastes three. All the cycles. Is talking about there, and by the way, Solomon asks not for chokhmah, which is uh, wisdom. He asks for for this uh, for um, for bina. That's what he asks for, not necessarily for wisdom, which is kind of pretty close. But anyways, and so 
Um, and then it says, what ought to do Israel? So these people were very, uh, you know, this this passage on First Chronicles 12 talks about all the tribes that were supporting uh, uh, David. David was, you know, kind of uh, taking over the uh, kingdom of Israel. And all the tribes are there, all the strong men. But Issachar only had 200 guys, 200 men only. But these 200 were the rush, according to the scripture, is the rush, the heads. All the guys who were, you know, the strong guys, the, the guys who knew they, they, they bina, they understood, they bina la itim all the times to know. So they have the experience, the knowledge to know what to do in Israel, which is very interesting. And I was telling you about um, Ecclesiastes 3. Let me, let me just go. Uh, a time there is a time for everything according to this uh, version for everything there is a season so this is the time he's talking about season cycles cycles in between like we are in a cycle in a season we are in the month of year yes but at the same time our environment is full of a, a cycle that will let us understand a lot of things like it says in this in this um in this version for everything there is a season and i'm reading the tlv version uh and a time for every activity under heaven a time to give birth and a time to die a time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted i'm asking you today what what is this time for what is the season for is it time to give birth? Is it time to die? It is a time to plant, or is it time to uproot what is planted? It says a time to kill and a time to heal. Is it time to heal? We need to heal around this time. It's necessarily for us to pray about healing. A time to tear down and a time to build up. We need to build up, especially our spiritual lives. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A lot of people are weeping right now because they are losing their loved ones. A time to mourn and a time to dance. I don't think it's a time to dance, people. A lot of people are mourning. We should mourn for, with them as well. A time to scatter the stones and a time to gather the stones. Let's gather together. Well, these stones can be also in a spiritual way. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. We can now hug each other, people, so we can now embrace right now. We can do it after all of this happened. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to discord. There is no time to discord. It's a time to keep. Let's save whatever we can so we can not, you know, suffer eventually. A time to tear apart and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. I think this is a time to speak out. Let's speak out about the gospel. A time to love and a time to hate. There's no more time to hate. It's never time to hate. So let's love each other and let's love even our enemies. A time for war and a time for peace. Yes, it's a time for war against ourselves, against whatever is bad in our hearts. And it's time to make peace within each other. What gain then does the laborer when, uh, let me read that again, verse 9. What gain then does the laborer get with his toil? I have seen the task that God has given to the children of men to keep them occupied. This is very interesting. Anyways, I will encourage you to just read all of these uh, verses of our Bibles. But again, these, uh, these people, of what an example, these people of Issachar. There were 200 only, 200. How many we are in Congregation Bethlehem and I? 
probably 200. Let's all have the same wisdom, not wisdom, the same bina that these people have, the same da'at. Let's have experience, let's have, let's have the knowledge, the understanding and the knowledge of what to do during this time. And let's bring the, 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 the ziv, the name of this month is, is brightness, the brightness of Yeshua into uh, the, this planet. Let's let's look into the the next thing. the The body part of this month is the right kidney. Let's move quickly. The element associated associated with this month is afar, which is earth. This is very interesting. I put this together last year. I'm doing the same thing. And last year, when we talk about earth, it didn't make any. You know, we were thinking about what are we doing with earth. Let's take care of our earth and so on. Let me remind you something. Let me remind you of a verse in the Bible that it says, uh, this is Deuteronomy 30, 19. I call on heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have presented you with life and death, the blessing and the curse, therefore choose life, so that you will live, you and your descendants, loving Adonai your God, paying attention to what he says and clinging to him, for that is the purpose of your life. On this depends the length of time you will live in the land Adonai Zor swore uh, he will give to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. People, this is very interesting. This verse again, uh, the Bible talks about cycles, about circles, about a spiral way of clinging to God. And, and earth, right now, the earth is one of the witnesses that is against humans at this moment. The earth is, is kind of recuperating, is kind of recycling, is kind of resetting. The earth does not need us. I mean, you might be in disagreement with me, and it's okay, but the earth don't, do not need us. We need the earth. And the Lord left the earth for the human beings to take care of it. We haven't been doing that. You know, and we politicize everything. And this is not about politics. This is about what the Bible says. And there you go. One of the witnesses, heaven and earth, is against us today. Today. Just... As the Bible is telling us, it's against us. Let's no wait of heaven to be against us either. We need rain. We have water at this moment. We have food. We have electricity, internet, houses, shelter. We have all those things still. Let's no wait until heaven is against us and it will close down the, the rain. That, that, that will be another plague. There's no wait for that. And I think it happened a couple of years ago, a drought. But it's not, it was not a drought um, in the whole planet. It was a drought, just a seasonal drought here in, in, in Georgia. But anyways, I, I just wanted to remind you that. Let's move on. Uh, Tazria Menorah. Wow, this is very interesting. Uh, uh, the, you know, the, the, it talks about the Bible, or what should I call it, our uh, scriptures, Parishiyot, are talking about the Torah portions. And the Torah portions we read this month are very interesting. Rav Pinson says something very interesting about this too. The Torah portions of this month are, in many ways, concerned with identifying meaningful rhythms of, of time, understanding the attribute of, and mechanism of being in our lives, and participating in the process of purification and preparation to re-enter communal and ritual life on a higher level. Parshastas Ria Mesora discusses numerous laws of Tumah, spiritual stagnancy, detailing how individuals could become temporarily isolated of or stagnant in their lives. 
and constricted in halachic and ritual sense by means of certain life cycle events. All forms of Tumah are connected with various degrees of death or contact with death. Aharei Mot and Kedoshim speak of the events and laws given following the death of the sons of Aaron. And more discusses Tumah as above and Tahara, the purification process, how one receives healing and integration following bouts with Tumah. Behar speaks of the cycles of the Shemitah and Yovel years, which are cycles of seven and of 50 years, respectively. This is a similar to the cycle of the seven weeks of the Omer and the 50th day of Shavuot. See, the Lord doesn't make anything by um, just by chance. This is not a coincidence. And then the last one, Bechutai, expresses divine judgment in the form of rebukes. And there are 30, you know, and the 33rd day of the Omer, like the Omer, always falls around the week in which we read Bechukotai. In Bechukotai, the Torah elaborates 33 blessings and also 33 rebukes. Bechukotai is the 33rd portion of the Torah. Additionally, in the first verse of Bechukotai, there are 33 letters. Wow, it's unbelievable. Anyways, um, let's move on. These are, I'm, I, my head starts to blow up already. So anyways, let's move on to the second month of, the season is the second month of the spring. We are in the spring. The holiday is Lak Be Omer, I just mentioned to you. Uh, the Omer is the counting of the Omer and the moving of, on to Sinai to receive the Torah from Moses in the month of Sivan, Shavuot. And we are just counting the Omer. Um, okay. Um, the significance of this is very interesting. The significance of the counting of the days of the Omer. Uh, why is it so important to count the days from the bringing of the Omer onto Shavuot? The Torah does not state a reason. Perhaps the simplest explanation has to do with the harvest. The bringing of the Omer was the first harvesting of the new crops. This harvesting continued throughout the Omer period and was brought to a climax at Shavuot with the offering of Shtei HaLechem, HaLechem, Shtei HaLechem, two loaves of bread. Uh, when it comes to think about our Messiah Yeshua, this is a season of the harvest to mankind spreading the good news throughout the world, starting in Jerusalem, Samaria, and to the rest of the world. Sinai is the answer to the question, for what purpose were the Israelites freed from Egypt? Sinai gave them goals to, goals to strive for and obligations to fulfill. They were transformed from a day Pharaoh, slaves of Pharaoh, to a day Hashem, servants of the Lord. Thus, Pesach without Shavuot will have been incomplete. And the Omer is the chain that links the two together. Um, and there are many traditions, but I'm not going to go into the traditions. Let's move on. Uh, the, there is a mourning, a minor traditional observance, uh, when Rabbi Akiva, uh, Akiva's um, Talmidim were persecuted and it was a huge massacre. So there's a, a minor traditional observance of of uh, mourning on lack the Omer. Uh, let's move on. Another pretty cool kind of tradition is to study Turkey about the ethics of the father during that period of, and during this period of time. On uh, also is the Pesach Shine. Let me. 
of the the let's 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 get back a little bit. Uh, this tradition is performed on 18th of a yard, and it's called again lag by Omer. And there's another custom I mentioned to you, which is Perkea vote. Uh, one custom that is still widely observed during the Omer period is the study of Perkea vote, ethics of the father. The study begins after Pesach, and one chapter is studied each week after the Mincha service on Shabbat afternoons. There are six chapters and six Shabbatot between Passover and Shavuot. The sixth chapter is about Torah and is therefore an appropriate prelude to Shavuot which commemorates the giving of the Torah at Sinai. Um, it has become customary in some places to continue studying Perkeia vote through throughout Shavuot. And on, on the next, we'll look about Pesach Shinei. This is a custom about celebrating the second Passover on ER 14. And um, this, in modern times, to the, to the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, Jews are unable to perform the Passover sacrifice, either on Passover or on Pesach Shenei, or it's Shani. Uh, some have the custom to eat matzah during Pesach Shani, in memory of the sacrifice. The theme of the holiday is second chances. God is giving us all the time, second chances, more than second chances. I think he gave us many, many more chances. And so, but this is our, our opportunity to celebrate Pesach if you haven't celebrated the first time. So what, what do we do during this period of time? We are preparing for Shavuot. We are counting the Omer, and this is about the revelation and, and meditating about what we are, well, what is going on in our lives. Uh, of course, we are praying uh, and allowing the Ruach HaKadosh to come into our lives and being ready for the Ruach HaKadosh to empower us the same way he empowered the, the Talmudin, the Shuas Talmudin in the first century at the temple. Uh, it's important to celebrate these traditions to remember what's going on. And, and we got to know who we are in the Messiah. How do we prepare for this event? We got to read the book, talk about the prayer list and devotional, uh, and devotionals we are doing. Like we are doing um, a cool plan for uh, CBA, uh, Congregation Beth and I has prepared a nice counting of the Omer. You count the Omer every day and you put a dollar aside and so you bring the offering on Shavuot. Uh, uh, there are other holidays in Iyar. Let's look at them real quick. Those are uh, Yom HaShoah. We just did that. Yom HaShoah was on the 27th of Nisan, a couple of days ago. But this month is going to be 4th Iyar. It's Yom HaZikoram. Five of Iyar, Yom Ha'atzma'ut, and 28th of Iyar, Yom Yerushalayim. Very cool celebration. Yom HaShoah was the unfortunate time of the day of rem remembrance of the Holocaust. We remember all those people then. A lot of our friends were posting uh, pictures of their loves, loved ones who were killed in the, in the so-called Holocaust. Uh, and then uh, Yom HaZikaram and Yom HaAtzma'ut is the the first one is the celebration of Israel's fallen soldiers and victims of terror, and the coolest day probably is Israel Independence Day. Uh, and of, of course, there's another one, Yom Jerusalem, the day of Jerusalem. So, what about Yeshua? What about Yeshua in, in the month of Iyar? What's going on with that? Uh, it is Yeshua mentioned in this period of time? Eh, probably not, but it's kind of a hidden, hidden kind of understanding. Again, we are peoples of Binah and Da'at. 
we're peoples of understanding and knowledge. So we need to understand what's going on during this period of time. Um, let's look into it. Uh, now, we are in the period of time where uh, Yeshua was resurrected, and today probably is the 16th day of Yeshua on earth, approximately 2,000 years ago. So 2,000 years ago, Yeshua was walking within his emissaries, between his Talmudim. And what he was doing, teaching them, telling them the things of the kingdom of God. And what are the things of the kingdom of God? The Torah. And so the Torah is talking about uh, the Parishiyot we were just referring to. And so we have 40 days of Yeshua with his emissaries. During this month of Iyar, last month of Nisan, this month of Iyar, and then he left, left them the order to meet uh, the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, at the temple on Shavuot. So all authority was given to him after his resurrection. He commanded his tal Talmudim to make Talmudim for his kingdom, immersing them and teaching them about the kingdom of God. And that the promise is that he'll come back. And he'll come back the same way when he resurrected by the same power at the darkest time he resurrected. At the darkest time, the light is up. The light of Yeshua is on. So at the darkest time, around this time, he'll come back. Uh, we don't know when. We don't know the time. Uh, we need to just do what he told us to do, to make Talmudim for his kingdom and teaching them about the thing he, he taught us to teach them. He opened their minds in that, that opportunity, Luke 24, 44, I believe. So he performed many miracles around this time as well. Uh, oops. And so uh, he reaffirmed his Talmudim and he's reaffirming us today as well. So Yeshua spent 40 days with his emissaries. Let's resume. They saw him, and he spoke with them about the kingdom of God, Acts 1.3. And he says in Matthew 28.19, All authority in heaven and on earth was given to, to him. Matthew 28.18, The order to make Talmudim, immersing them into the reality of the Father, the Son, and the Ruach. Matthew 28.19, Teaching them everything that I have commanded you. Matthew 28, 20. His promise, and remember, I will be with you always. Always. Yes. Even until the end of the age. Matthew 28, 20. We haven't got to the end of the age yet, people. So we, he is with us. Still, that's his promise. Yeshua came and talked with them. He says, all authority in heaven and on earth has given to me. Therefore, go and make people from all nations into Talmudim, immersing them into the reality of the Father, the Son, and the Ruach HaKadosh, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I will be with you always. Yes, even until the end of age. Uh, of course, he opened his minds. Uh, Luke 24, 44, Yeshua says to them, this is what I... I meant when I was still with you and told you that everything written about me in the Torah of Moshe, the prophets and the Psalms had to be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the Tanakh, telling them, here is what he says, the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. And in his name, repentance, leading to forgiveness of sins, is to be proclaimed to people from all nations, starting it in Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Now I am sending forth upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been equipped with power from above. Beautiful. That is beautiful. So, he reaffirmed them at the end. Uh, in the presence of the Talmudin, Yeshua performed many other miracles which have not been recorded in this book, but these which have been recorded have here so 
that you may trust that Yeshua is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by this trust you may have life because of who he is. So again, uh, we need to keep in mind the, the three different spring months and their meaning. The Nisan represents the, the uh, redemption. Iyar is the light, is the chain, the connect, the hook, the link between the two months, uh, and is the month of splendor, and our Binah, or Da'at. We need to have knowledge and understanding about these words. We need to be like the tribe of Issachar, which there the were a few, but there were the the most intellectual people in, in in biblical sense, of course, and so the most knowledge of of Bible, and we need to understand today what to do and what to we need to know what to say to other people who have no hope, and uh, of course we need to change our hearts during this period because we need to be ready on Sivan, Sivan Shavuot. We need to receive again the Holy Spirit. And of course, the word of God. Um, and so, on twenty, on the twenty-sixth of Iyar, he ascended to the heavenly tabernacle of his father, according to Acts one three, in Hebrews nine eleven. As believers, Iyar is precious to us because it is the month of the ascension. The month when, month when the Master ascended to the right hand of the Father. Don't forget to do something special to celebrate Ascension Day this year with your brothers and sisters in the Master. So happy ER to everyone. And uh, uh, I'm praying that the Lord will help us with all this situation that is going on at the moment. And so let's bring... Let's bring this opportunity to pray. Hashem Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen.